0: Page to Practice – Applying Educational Reading in the Classroom Join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast From Page to Practice is a podcast focusing on the application of educational reading in the classroom. Each episode features one book or article, my reflections and the thoughts of my guests on its use and impact in the classroom. Some episodes may also feature an introduction from the author. Hi again and welcome to the fourth episode of series two of From Page to Practice. Before we dive into today's book, I just want to give a huge thank you to the people who've chosen to support me via my Buy Me a Coffee link. It's especially nice to read the comments you're leaving too. I'm more than happy to continue the podcast and would never dream of charging for things that I do, but your token of appreciation really does mean a lot to me. So without further ado, here's Jamie Tom to talk about his book, A Quiet Education.
1: Hello there, my name's Jamie Tom. Um, I'm an English teacher and I'm the author of uh, a range of books and um, including A Quiet Education. Um, I guess fundamentally what inspired me to write um, a quiet education is that fundamentally anybody who knows me would describe me as being very much uh, a quiet person. You know if you look up uh, the word introverted in the dictionary I pretty much fulfill um, all of the stereotypical more introverted aspects. And uh, by that I guess you know what defines an introvert I would say it's it's somebody who's probably more comfortable, um, I guess, listening rather than talking. Um, It's somebody who has a kind of quite a rich internal world um, and quite a reflective individual. And, you know, there's there's a spectrum of what defines, you know, a more introverted, a more extroverted person um, and all sorts of people, all sorts of different people fit into those categories so fundamentally what I decided to do and um, partly because of a little bit of frustration you know I've, I've been a teacher for over 10 years um, and I've always found that teaching in many ways is more engineered towards extroverts in terms of you know um, you think of your kind of stereotypical teacher and it's a real extroverted dynamic individual um, and also in terms of our teaching itself, a lot of it is engineered towards more, more extroverted young people. You know, we pack full of lessons, full of um, group work and collaboration and um, my feeling was that in many ways we lose um, up to one-third of our students who'll be more introverted by engineering learning in that way. So the, splits, the book is split into three parts and I'll just very generally introduce each of those three parts. The first, is called quiet teachers Um, and in that section what I look at is ways in which we can um, enable more quieter students quieter teachers excuse me rather to uh, achieve their wonderful potential in the classroom and as leaders in a school environment and I spoke to a huge amount of teachers for that process and what I found is a lot of them had been told at the start of their careers You'll never make it as a teacher. You're far too quiet. And what I'd like to do is challenge that narrative and instead see the huge amounts of positive qualities more introverted teachers bring to the profession. And a lot of that I find is interpersonal skills, is these teachers have a real ability to listen and understand the needs of the students in front of them. And also, you know, I'd like to challenge this idea that we kind of produce teachers in some sort of extroverted factory. And, you know, extroverted teachers have all kinds of amazing, wonderful, fantastic qualities. But we also need to recognise that introverted teachers do as well. Um, And part of that is about looking at burnout in teachers. And, you know, we're all susceptible to that. But what I argue is that teaching is a hugely... um, demanding profession in the sense that we are actors. We have to stand up in front of young people and perform on a daily basis and what I think all teachers would benefit from is a little bit more restorative work and process in the sense of every day allowing ourselves the space and time to switch off from the demands of performance. And in that section I'll also look at what introverted leaders can bring. And interview a number of uh, leaders who identify as being introverts because I think it's unfortunate that that introverted teachers are often put off from the demands of a leadership role and they certainly shouldn't be. In the second section I look at I call it's called quiet students and I look at the ways in which um, we can help you know the quieter students and again that's a real range and for all kinds of reasons but up to a third of our students in the classroom will identify as being more introverted. And for me, the worst thing we can do as teachers is, I guess, criticize and berate that quiet nature that lots of students have. And what I wanna, I guess, banish from education is that phrase that we hear endlessly at parents' evening. You know, Billy's a lovely boy and he's hardworking, but he's far too quiet. And what I suggest in the book is is lots of ways in which we can nurture the interpersonal skills of all our students and ways in which we can help them to feel confident in sharing and contributing to lessons. And that's important. But at the same side, what we also need to do is celebrate rather than criticise quiet skills, you know, and and recognise all the wonderful things that they bring to the classroom. You know their capacity to listen with intent, their attention to detail, their ability to um, work beautifully with people around them in a different way. So that section of the book is all about making sure that we are helping them to achieve their potential. And I also in that section, there's a lot about the value of silence And I think in many ways our young people are hugely susceptible to the extroverted world we've created. You know, they're on social media, they're discussing, there's this endless need to share as much as possible. And in many ways I think that the classroom should be a little bit of a haven outside of that. And instead what we should do is make sure that we are giving space and time for real and genuine thinking because that fundamentally is one of our core aims as teachers to help our young people to think deeply and think reflectively. So there's lots of strategies within that section based on that. And the final section is something that I call quiet skills. And it's looking at how we can encourage all of our young people to embrace some of the quieter thinking and quieter behaviors. And that's things like listening, it's things like developing compassion and empathy within the classroom, and how we can, as teachers, go about engineering that effectively. Um, so I guess I'd just like to say a massive thank you to Rebecca for putting this together, and for teachers who've who've contributed. I you know sometimes it's really difficult to see your own kind of ramblings and writings. Um, in terms of how they're enacted in a classroom setting. And so I really, really appreciate um, our putting together all this, it's fantastic. Um, And also in a couple of weeks, I've got a new book coming out, which is called uh, Teacher Resilience, if anyone might be interested in that. Um, And I wrote it during lockdown because it was a, a time, I guess, where everybody's resilience was being tested. And I wanted to reflect on that in terms of in the education settling itself. And that's all about, you know, how do we manage stress? How do we manage anxiety? How can we be the best version of ourselves in our classrooms? And how do we manage all the challenges that we face to our resilience on a daily basis as teachers? So thank you so much for listening. Um, and please do get in touch if you've got any questions about the book or if I can support with any of the work that you are doing in the classroom. And I'm on Twitter at, at TeachGratitude. Thank you so much
0: listening to from page to practice join the conversation on twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. podcast thank you jamie it's been really interesting to hear about the book especially your motivation to write it as much as i don't feel quite the same as an adult i certainly was one of those quiet introverted students and can identify with a lot of what you talk about and it's really made me think about how i would have felt in my lessons and if there's more i could be doing for those students I'll definitely be checking out your new book when the time comes. Our first reader reflection comes from Nadine, who tweets at Intel Nadine, I-N-T-L Nadine.
2: I'm Nadine Bailey, and I'm the teacher librarian and technology integrator at the Western Academy of Beijing in China. I would like to talk a little bit about Chapter 6 of A Quiet Education by Jamie Tom. Chapter six particularly appeals for me as we've just come back from school into school. Um, many of us staggered after the COVID closure, and our educators and our students have had a time of online or hybrid learning then they have had uh, quite a difficult time getting back to China, which often involves at least two weeks of quarantine in a hotel, which is designated on arrival. Coming back into the classroom and the whole school environment, you once again see just how busy and noisy uh, schools can be with the bells and the shouting and the running and the shrieking. And having read this during um, my stay in Europe during the uh, COVID closure, I went back and had a look at chapter six, um, The Case for Silence. Usually I'm in the library and not in the classroom, but because we still don't have all our teachers back and in the classroom, I've been, in the first instance, helping in rather larger than usual classes, um, helping the teachers who are on the ground and then since this week I have three classes of my own where I'm helping teachers who are still in the process of coming back to China. And so starting this week I thought I'm actually going to put some of this into practice There's a lot of overstimulation, and because I'm in middle school, it's a period of students really finding their voices um, literally and figuratively. And as a result, it can become extremely noisy in um, the class and outside of it. A couple of things that were suggested in the chapter one was that um, incorporating silence is a skill-building exercise and to focus on one thing at a time. I particularly liked the idea that silence was a gift and not a punishment. I think many um, children could be silenced by teachers or in the home environment and overwrought parents where everybody's looking for a bit of peace and um, silence is something that is required of them but not seen as something that could enhance everybody's uh, happiness and um, future rather than just keep quiet, I need my peace. A couple of things that he mentioned were things like um, more silence helps ease anxiety and social pressure, particularly, I think, in the middle school years. This is a very definite um, bonus of silence. And in fact, some of our teachers did remark that some of our students did better during online learning because they didn't have any kind of persona that they had to embody and play to the audience of the, for example, middle school boys playing to their peers or to the girls' audience anymore. Um, Silence is a hard thing, and it shouldn't be correlated with punishment or be imposed on students, but rather be seen as something that's useful. Included in his tips were that the first few weeks are important, so I went in from day one, trying to incorporate some silence and also to show students that it's a kind gesture. It's, uh, again, not punitive and it would result in a better learning environment. Um, He suggested to have open conversations with students, including getting students to explore what silence feels like, what the benefits are, how to achieve it, to think about how much um, how much of a part of each lesson silence should be, um, starting small, to see silence as sacred, um, and to try and see if you can embed it more in your school um, culture or add it to aspects of your school culture. So Kerat Wab, respecting self and others and the environment is part of our school's um motto and uh, mission and um, I think using the same language in terms of silence and listening learning to listen and that it's actually unkind and disrespectful to interrupt people when they are talking if one person is talking and to focus on that one person and also to it's unkind to interrupt people's silence and focus by creating a noisy environment. Uh, other tips included in the self-management were um, to use a timer to incorporate some of the bad behavior management tools, which are later in the um, book, to have silent starters and to model silence yourself as a teacher. Further, uh, he speaks of developing the art of listening, which I think is something we don't always think of in terms of skills. When we think of uh, literacy skills or digital skills, the art of listening, something that can be neglected. And he divides these into the nonverbal and the verbal um, arts. So nonverbal, including eye contact, body language, smiling, pausing, And verbal, some um, genuine and specific feedbacks, summarizing and questioning. Uh, Another few things that were useful were um, looking at the um, listening ladder. And so to make it quite explicit that students can climb that ladder to become competent listeners and to have some listening challenges. Uh, Funnily enough, I've just finished a book by Sharon Creech called One Time. And in that book... The author speaks about a teacher who challenges her class successfully to have one day a week of silence and they designate Wednesday as the silent day and um, as it evolves they discourage even writing down questions so it's literally getting rid of all the clutter so it's not just um Verbal clutter, as in the voice, but also as in the digital clutter and the sending of messages and the writing down of messages, and really truly having a day of focus. I thought that was quite ironic um, reading that book this weekend as well. Uh, The other part of practice has been I've started talking to fellow educators um, about this, including my teacher partner who's teaching the other three classes in the grade, and we've swapped a few things with each other, a few ideas, um, including things like when there is um, parent share and group work to use some type of a decibel meter. And um, she started doing that today and um, said she first just wanted to see for herself what are the kind of volumes that the classroom has and then to adjust that um, and actually start displaying it to the children once she could establish some kind of norms of, of what would be normal in the classroom. And I think that's a great part of... This book is, he does have many um, links on Twitter to other educators who are part of this kind of movement towards a quiet education, and then in your own practice to find the educators in your environment who have a similar feeling as you do about um, trying to incorporate some silence. We do have a visually impaired student in our school, so... For him also there is a cacophony of sound and I think it's also very important for us as educators to try and calm things down for him. And we also have a few children who have extreme sensitivity to loud noises and a few adults, I include myself in that. So being respectful to other people as well. I also try not to raise my voice in class and I have a little bell which has quite a nice tone, and I try and use that when things get very noisy. Right, that's it for me.
0: You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag Podcast. Thank you, Nadine. It's really helpful to hear how you've applied your reading of Chapter 6 to your current practice. It certainly is important to be thinking of science as a gift, not as a punishment, and that's certainly how it's often seen. Next, we'll hear from at JT Jog.
3: Hello, my name is John Talbot. I'm a geography teacher at Fetty's College in Edinburgh. Um, and I read A Quiet Education for the first time last uh, April and May during lockdown. Um, and then we've now introduced it at school as our, part of our academic book club. And there's a group of staff that meet once a fortnight. And we talk about uh, the book that we're reading and reflect on some of the themes um, so it's been really helpful from that point of view to, to look at how we can take some of these themes and apply it within the classroom. I think the book sort of struck a chord in a number of ways with me. Um, I was particularly taken, I think, reading it for the first time during uh, Learning from Home and reflecting on how, whilst many pupils found Learning from Home quite tricky, there was a group of pupils who really thrived in that environment. Um, and that's likely because they were introverts and they quite they enjoyed the peace and quiet they enjoyed the opportunity of working through things at their own pace Um, and the opportunity to go back and review stuff in in their own way at their own time really suited them Um, and I was struck therefore with the the challenge of how when we return to school how can we help them to thrive um, in a school environment that is perhaps built around extroverts Um, And that's been something I reflect on over the summer, and and again reflects on this term about how I can use some of these ideas from from the book uh, to perhaps be more effective within the classroom. One of the things, therefore, I've tried to do is into most lessons, I've tried to incorporate uh, more working in silence, an opportunity where pupils can um, write something without disturbances, without me over narrating. Um, And then using that sometimes to then draw out answers from them. Um, Sometimes it's been an opportunity to uh, let them just write an an extended answer uh, and develop their kind of explaining skills. Um, But it's also been, as we've talked about in in geography, some quite challenging issues, whether it's an ageing population or issues of of migration or themes associated with uh, climate change giving them an opportunity to write their thoughts down on their own uh, in a peace and quiet and then having reflected on that, using that as the the focus for uh, discussions. I think one of the other themes that also really struck me is the importance of names. And I guess at the beginning of a school year, we all work very hard at at learning names. Um, But after a couple of weeks when you've got most of the names learnt, uh, it, it was helpful just to think about how well have I done with that? And when you ask pupils at the beginning of terms you're doing the register uh, do you want to be called Alex or Alexandra and when they say oh, I don't mind really this book sort of prompted me to go actually I think you probably do mind I need to find out exactly what it is you want to be called um, and we have a number of pupils from an international setting um, with some less common names so again learning to pronounce their names properly and accurately and not settling for uh, people saying yeah that's about right for me I had to be better than that uh, about right wasn't good enough um, it, it, it was important to make sure that I valued each individual uh, and got their names spot on and that was particularly tricky this year I've got a class where I've got uh, three sets of twins who look very similar who sound very similar and I've had to work hard to make sure that I have absolutely nailed uh, which one is which um, and that when I get it wrong, I apologise and, and try to be a little bit better. Um, and then the final thing, I think, for me uh, as a classroom teacher is it, making sure that, that the skills that I've picked out of this book um, are not just something that I, I use for the short term. It's about changing how I teach uh, and making sure that I do provide uh, space for introverts to thrive within my classroom. And therefore... Just in the the feedback that that I give, making pupils realise that contributions in class are, are all well and good, but they're not something that everybody needs to contribute in every single lesson. They need to perhaps for some of them contribute less and contribute better. Uh, for others, it's about being brave enough to to get a contribution in early, um, or through their written work, show me they understand stuff, and therefore contributions in class may not be um, w- what are required. I think finally then, within, uh, as a wider school setting, it's made me increasingly aware sometimes within um, gatherings of, of staff, it's very easy for uh, meetings and agendas to be set up that, that focus on the extroverts and, and the ability to give quick responses. Uh, and we need to just think about how can we find better ways to ensure that the quiet members of staff have an opportunity to reflect and then give uh, measured and, and considered opinions. Um, that, and that those opinions are equally valued and they're not lost in the, um, the hubbub of a, a, a busy school. So uh, uh, as a group, we meet once a fortnight to read this book. We're about a third of the way through, so I'm sure in the sec- second half of term there'll be many other interesting ideas and themes that will come out.
0: You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag page practice Podcast. Thanks, John. How great to hear that you've been reading this book as part of a group at school. Your thoughts on how this book relates to how students are working at home during lockdown versus how they work in school are thought-provoking too. You mention over-narration when students are working in silence, and I know I am definitely guilty of this. Your discussion of names has also been a goal for me during this half-term. Next up, it's Claire, who tweets at at Literature Lady and at
4: English Marjon. I'm Claire Hadfield and I work as a teacher trainer and English lecturer at Plymouth Marjon University. So I'm responsible for the subject knowledge input for my PGCE and school direct secondary trainees. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the podcast. I'm really delighted to take part and to articulate some thoughts uh, about a quiet education. Um, so for me, a quiet education, which I read over the summer, articulates very well a growing sense of unease that I had personally with the extrovert ideal that seems to be promoted very much in schools and which overlooks particular students and also can cause stress and anxiety for particular teachers and leaders as well who are naturally more introverted. The two chapters for me that had the most impact on uh, my professional practice were, first of all, Chapter 2, with a focus on quiet relationships. I found this chapter both personally and professionally pertinent as it reflected uh, my concern with a focus on particular pedagogical and classroom management strategies, um, which made me feel slightly uncomfortable as a professional, first of all. So things such as uh, no hands up, cold calling, or the use of lollipop sticks to supposedly randomly select students to answer. I can understand the thinking behind the use of some of these strategies, and I'm not in any way saying that they don't have any place at all. However, I think for some of the students who are more more introverted or suffer from anxiety in particular, these strategies probably leave them in a permanent state of, of fight or flight, um, never really knowing whether they're going to be called on or not. Um, And I particularly liked the distinction between between using names in the classroom and knowing names in the classroom. By that, I mean strategies such as uh, using lollipop sticks, for example, to call upon students or a random name uh, generator is more about using names. It seems to be a strategy to do with forced engagement, whereas knowing names and making the effort to know names as articulated in Chapter 2, I think reflects uh, a particular ethos that a teacher has, uh, i.e. in terms of getting to know their class and understanding them, and a more empathetic approach, which I really appreciated. Given that in the first term or so of teacher training, we're expecting trainee teachers to be trying to master behaviour management and set high expectations in the classroom. And this reading is particularly useful for trainees in that first uh, term of understanding what it means to be in charge of a classroom. The second chapter that I found particularly impactful for me and my practice in terms of how I relate to my own trainees was chapter nine, Too Quiet to Teach. This chapter really made me think about uh, some of our recruitment practices in particular within teacher training. In normal times, obviously, we would run interviews in person uh, and trainees would come along or potential trainees and have to give a 10 minute presentation uh, that would be in front of other people who were being interviewed. There would be a Q&A and then there would be an individual interview. And there was a real emphasis, I think, on, on performance, if you like, within that process. Because of COVID, we switched to online interviews uh, and I felt that this was a real benefit. Yes, they took longer. So we had to allow, you know, an hour per interview as opposed to kind of 30 to 40 minutes. But I think that we actually really gained much more of an insight into uh, the potential trainee teachers we were interviewing. The process became much more dialogic, much more discussion based Uh, A learning plan that might have been briefly discussed in an interview was shared in advance so that I could plan what I wanted to ask the potential trainee about. Uh, The dialogue that emerged... I think, gave me much more of an insight into the qualities that that might have otherwise been hidden in that performative process, i.e. the reflective nature of that potential trainee, the passion for their subject. It allowed me to delve into their specialist knowledge and ask them about, for example, a dissertation project that they had done. Gaining an insight into potential trainees that way, I think, gave me a much more rounded uh, experience, a rounded view of what that training would be like as a teacher, as a person in the classroom and out. Another observation uh, about the way in which lockdown changed interactions with, with students was not just for trainees, but for my undergraduates as well, was uh, using uh, something such as Teams and using the chat facility. I have one particular student who's incredibly uh, quiet, naturally, very thoughtful, produces fantastic pieces of work, but really does not feel comfortable to speak in a group, the chat facility was an absolute eye-opener. Suddenly the contributions were there, they were articulate, they were thoughtful and they were much more frequent than they would have been in that face-to-face environment. Um, So I think that has really made me reconsider a lot of my own pedagogy as well. Um, The final aspect of um, a quiet education that I wanted to comment on was the reflection by Dave Grimmett at the end of chapter 19 on creativity. Um, creativity is something I think that has disappeared a little bit from our um, our classrooms in recent years and Dave Grimmett expresses it in this way I've been increasingly uncomfortable lately with the mocking of the concept of fun and engagement with the way many edu-tweeters dismiss many creative lesson efforts as ludicrous and in utter waste Waste of time. He says there is a way that knowledge and fun can coexist in this pra- brave pseudo Dickensian new world. Absolutely, that chimes with me 100%. Um, and I was so happy to find a book that really did articulate some of my own concerns and thoughts and feelings. Finally, uh, within my cohort of 12 trainee teachers, two of them had read A Quiet Education. And I asked them briefly yesterday for their feedback. Um, and they both would identify themselves as people who had been quiet at school. Uh, and one of them describes it as extremely empowering, uh, challenges the paradigm of coming out of your shell. Uh, and the second one, as a quieter person, it gave me more confidence. Uh, the perspectives of the quieter students were really interesting. And a lot of the comments about speaking up was what I was told at school. It's made me more aware of these comments and how to avoid them. I don't want to slip up and say them to a student. So overall, thank you, Jamie, for having written A Quiet Education and articulated so many of our own concerns. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the
0: conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Thank you, Claire. Your consideration of recruitment in relation to the chapter Too Quiet to Teach was particularly interesting. What an unexpected positive discovery as a result of lockdown and its effect on trainee recruitment. Seeing as how you mentioned Dave Grimmett, let's hear from him
5: next. I'd like to hugely recommend uh, Teach Gratitude, Jamie Tom's book, A Quiet Education. Um, my name's Dave Grimmett. I'm a head of English at Churchill Academy. I've been really impressed with a lot of uh, Jamie's work. He's, he offers so many great tips tips. For supporting introvert students uh, and words of wisdom for introvert teachers, too, in the book. Uh, and it's the book that I'm going to have uh, kind of alongside um, me on my desk this year. Um, there were so many little tips in there, I, th- I think it's fantastic. And he talks about um, silent live modelling. I thought that was absolutely genius. I'd never thought of that before. So often when we're um, talking through, Uh, models perhaps we're we're overburdening a student's cognitive load and when sometimes I think it might be better to just put the model on the board and let them process that first uh, and consider how it works before talking. I thought that was a really interesting idea. Um, It draws some brilliant examples um, and offers a huge range of um, teacher accounts including uh, something for myself as well um, it also highlights the power of nurturing quiet, reflective time. I think that's, that's something that's, that's really key and that, that silence is not, um, is not a punishment. It's something that offers students that opportunity to break from the world of um, just just crazy kind of partial attention syndrome all the time and, and, and really just think and, refl- and reflect. And I think that's, that's so powerful. My own daughter's uh, first report in reception, uh, she's literally just started reception, said quiet but curious and determined, which uh, meant the book really struck a chord with me because I thought it was um, particularly annoying that that we had to have that B word in. And in the book, Jamie uh, emphasises our need to kind of remove that B word, uh, the but, uh, after after quiet and that actually it's it's an okay thing it's a good thing to be quiet and reflective and we often have our, this prejudice towards the extrovert ideal in teaching and i think the book um, certainly focuses on our our need to to remove that that prejudice jamie's book praises and celebrates those introverted teachers who've had to step out of their personality zone to teach uh, and there's a fascinating discussion, too, on the cult of the extrovert leader in more senior roles and whether that actually uh, is, is um, the, the only route. Um, one of the things I found most interesting as well was, and I might have already mentioned this, the repositioning of silence in the classroom uh, as no longer just a control or punishment mechanism, but actually an act of kindness. It allows students the freedom to think and reflect carefully and give off their best. It also aims to give young people a break uh, from all uh, the mad technological age. Making this explicit with students uh, is something I'm trying to do this year myself. Um, A really inspiring book. Hugely recommend it. Thank you.
0: You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate the fact that you link this back to your own experience with your daughter and demonstrate why this book has struck a chord with you. Next up, we're going to hear from Colin McGill.
6: Hi, my name's Colin McGill. I'm a lecturer in initial teacher education at Edinburgh Napier University. And before that, I was a chemistry teacher and head of science at secondary schools in Scotland. Uh, I first got to know Jamie at last year's Research Ed Scotland event. There was one of the sessions where I wasn't quite sure what what talk I wanted to go and see. Uh, So I just thought I'd pick one at random that seemed interesting. There was a talk by someone called Jamie Tom called on the value of quiet in our schools. Uh, I did have a clue what the talk was going to be about so I thought I'll just go along, it might be interesting or uh, it might be a waste of my time Uh, and I went there and I was absolutely blown away, it was absolutely fascinating Uh, the talk was basically based on his book which was coming out shortly called A Quiet Education. Now the book is well set out, split into different sections, there's a section on quiet for students and then quiet for teachers and leaders and then a section on quiet and introspective skills. Within each chapter it's really well set out uh, that it finishes with uh, a quiet reflection and got various guest writers that have uh, contributed a quiet reflection for the end of each chapter showing how they're putting that into practice in their classroom or in their practice. Uh, and he also finishes each chapter with introspective questions which gives you a chance to, to really kind of reflect on your own practice in your classroom or what things you may want to change in your classroom what I liked most in each section in the section uh, about quiet for students uh, highlighted all the mistakes I made in the classroom about saying things in parents nights like you know so and so is doing really really well in chemistry however they need to involve themselves more in class and group discussions they need to be more outspoken in class uh, as if as if we valued uh, extrovert pupils much more than we value our introvert pupils so there's lots of kind of good advice for how we can build pupil confidence value in our introvert introverted pupils help build their conference to give them time to reflect and build their conference to share their thoughts without this expectation that the the quantity of classroom uh, input by pupils uh, is somehow equal to the quality of classroom input that we should be valuing that the quality of the input that we get from pupils And I love this chapter on the use of silence as a punishment. I'm guilty of having used that before. I'm sure many teachers are guilty of saying, you know, that's it. Too much carry on. We're all working in silence for the next 15 minutes or till the bell goes. As if silence is a bad thing. Whereas Jamie's pointing out how we should be using silence as a positive thing. A chance for children to to think, to work calmly, to really formulate their thoughts on a piece of work. That we can use silence at times in the classroom to really benefit our pupils mm <laughs> The section for teachers and leaders is really, really good, really kind of resonated with me as my time as a leader, uh, as I remember sitting in management meetings uh, and discussions going on and and me knowing in my head that I had something I wanted to contribute, but I wasn't quite sure what it was I wanted to say. And by the time I'd formulated my thoughts in my head and wanted to share them, the discussion had moved on to something else uh, and I felt that I didn't get uh, to, to put my point across or to share my views. So I really liked how... Uh, He's saying that we can be structuring meetings, I wish I had that uh, basically script that he put in there of being able to say look, can I think about this and can you come back to me in a few minutes so that I've got the time to formulate my thoughts There's also a great chapter on teacher health and well-being and how we can maintain our own mental and physical well-being, which I think is really, really important for teachers and also about introverted teachers, quiet teachers, this idea that teachers must be kind of loud, outspoken, extroverted people which I see more often now and I hear these discussions now that I'm an ITE tutor of uh, student teachers worrying that they are maybe too quiet to be in the classroom or whatever, uh, which is absolutely nonsense. They have lots of skills uh, and lots of attributes to bring to the classroom to be really successful teachers and there's a good chapter in the book about that and then, quite an introspective skills at the end the one that struck most of me was listening skills uh, I often felt under pressure in conversations in schools to be thinking about oh, like, what am I going to input uh, what am I going to input to this conversation so I'd spend my time when someone else is talking thinking about what I was going to say next rather than actually listening to what they were saying so I really like uh, I really like that chapter. So, all in all, it's a book. There's many a book since I've moved into initial teacher education. There's many a book I've read that I thought I wish I'd read this 15 years ago. And this is definitely in that bracket. I would recommend every teacher uh, have a have a look at this book. It will really make them reflect on their own practice and and their own kind of their own well being and lifestyle as a teacher. I think it's a really important book, uh, and Jamie's made a great contribution to. Uh, to the books in education that are currently coming out at the moment. I really enjoyed reading this one.
0: You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Thank you, Colin. I love how events like the one you mentioned can allow you to discover people and things that you'd never expected. Next, we're going to hear from Thomas Attrill.
7: Hi, Bex and listeners. I'm Tom Attrill and last month I started my journey retraining as a maths teacher. So teaching is a, is a path I've considered walking down since my own days as a, a rather keen bean student, um, when I absolutely loved learning and helping others to learn. But as a, a relatively introverted and quiet person who has um, suffered with his fair share of mental health challenges in recent years, I, I constantly told myself that I couldn't possibly become an effective teacher. And I guess for a long time, you know, I believed that. It was at the, the start of 2020, what seems like a, a never-ending year, that I started to, to think seriously about making the leap from, from tax into teaching. A career that I, I knew I would love if only I could overcome my, my introversion, my anxiety, my self-confidence issues and conform to this apparent extroverted ideal so it was actually on my birthday in in February this year that I that I first came across Jamie's um, book, *A Quiet Education*, which I think was was imminently due for publication on my birthday. Um, uh, and I, I came across it when I was browsing the internet in hospital. Actually, on my birthday, I was waiting for a a minor kidney stone procedure, which was not not a particularly nice birthday present. So I remember reading the the summary of the book and just knowing that I wanted to buy it straight away. So I ordered it straight away and I remember devouring it as soon as it arrived um, in the post. Luckily, I had plenty of time to to read it whilst recuperating. So as soon as I put the book down, I remember saying, right, I can and will be a good teacher. And it was the, the evening that I finished the book, actually, that I started my UCAS and scholarship applications so part two of the book was was definitely the most impactful for me. Um, this is the section that focuses on how quieter and more introverted teachers can can actually thrive in the classroom and bring huge benefits to pupils in today 's rather noisy fast and and, and often overwhelming world. But, but the whole book actually is just is is full of so many useful tips to help introverts thrive um as effective teachers, without having to lose or hide um, what is a a defining part of their personality, you know, this introversion. So these last few months for me, um, you know, have been full of change and it's been rather a whirlwind changing career. But I've always kept Jamie's book in my mind um, during my career transition because Jamie's book convinced me that my introversion is not a negative trait to be, to be somehow overcome, but rather a positive attribute that I could use for the benefits of my future pupils. So I actually um, taught my first ever whole class lesson earlier this week, and whilst I was rather nervous to begin with, I, I loved every second of it and knew that I could do a good job without having to conform to any perceived extrovert norms as a teacher. Um, so I, I guess I owe a huge thank you to Jamie for, for, for writing the book, A Quiet Education, and for changing my mindset and giving me the, the courage to make the leap into this wonderful new career. So, so thank you, Jamie.
0: You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Thank you, Thomas. I really appreciate how personal your reflection is and hearing how the book has influenced your steps into teaching. What a great impact for a book to have. Now, finally, we hear a contribution sent to me by Emily. Emily used the words, this book has honestly changed my life when she messaged me on Twitter, so I knew I had to have her take part. Now, the only issue is that Emily has lost her voice, so she sent me a written contribution that I will read. So this comes from Emily, who tweets at emsadventures1. I read A Quiet Education, challenging the extrovert ideal in our schools during the lockdown period, and have found myself returning to parts of it now I am working as a learning support assistant and English as an additional language teacher in a secondary school. I found the book to be useful and meaningful to me. I've been an introvert my whole life, and there's a whole chapter of A Quiet Education devoted to quiet students, quiet for students, which challenges the idea that quiet, introverted students have nothing to contribute in the classroom. Because I was a quiet student when I was at school, I often felt overlooked by my teachers as they always seemed to have more time for the louder, more confident, less well-behaved individuals. A quiet education has given me a sounder understanding that introverted students are often very reflective and conscientious, although sometimes they sadly feel as if some teachers don't even know their name. The second part of the book, Quiet for Teachers and Leaders, emphasises how introverted teachers are just as strong as extroverted teachers. The book says, extroversion is not an essential part of the teacher toolkit. It later goes on to say that we need to recognise the many strengths of quieter teachers, reflective skills, interpersonal skills, a dislike of conflict that can facilitate calm classrooms, Indeed, I was recently observed teaching my EAL lessons, and the feedback that I received was that I am a calm teacher, and that that is perfectly okay. I think a quiet education will become a bible for me throughout my teaching career. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. So that's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast or finding it interesting or useful, please consider leaving a review on whatever platform you use or making a small contribution to my coffee fund through Buy Me a Coffee. The link is in the podcast description and also on Twitter. Hearing what you think and knowing you appreciate the time and effort that goes into this really makes it all worth it. Now, due to the lack of reader response on the book I was due to feature next, I'm taking a break, but fear not. That just gives me more time to gather up a collection of members of the Charter College of Teaching, along with fellows and chartered teachers, to talk about how they have applied the research discussed in the latest issue of Impact to their practice. Please get in touch if you're interested. Bye for now and I'll next appear on your podcast app on the 15th of November, so make sure you're subscribed. You've been listening to from page to practice. Don't forget to join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Alternatively, to suggest a book or article, or volunteer to contribute to an episode, visit learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash pagepracticepodcast. Thanks go to Kevin McLeod of incomtech.com for use of the tracks Cheery Monday and Fuzzball Parade, which are licensed under Creative Commons.